Big Fluff. Now, let's analyze what's been working for us. Not a goddamn thing's been working for us. Like this goddamn suit doesn't work for me. And this stinking tie. And this goddamn shirt. It doesn't work for me. You know how to play winning hard-nosed football? You play football like Engineero played football. A guy who gave his life for this football team. He was a 140-pound halfback. And he played like a goddamn wild man. No, like a goddamn rampaging beast. And that's the way you gotta do it. You go out there, you tear their fucking heads off, and you shit down their necks. Let us pray. Hi, everybody. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And we are bringing our month long look at sports movies to a close uh, with the movie Necessary Roughness from 1991. And here to talk about that with us uh, from Is It For Real, Philip Stafford. Welcome to the show, bud. Oh, welcome to be here. Glad to be here. (laughs) 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 y'all. Uh, also, shout out yeah, to your welcome, welcome. Yeah. Yeah. also shout out to your co-host Katie Long for the Katie Long remix of our theme song, uh, which is still delightful. So I yes. figured that uh, Uke sounded a little familiar. <laughs> <laughs> no one Ukes like Katie. No. Uh, well, two things I want to say about necessary roughness right up front. One is that. Uh, I demanded that we do this movie as soon as Andy suggested <laughs> that we do sports movies. Uh, that was my like writer. I was like, we can do a sports month if we can do necessary roughness. <laughs> and two, I was thinking about this. It is weirdly the culmination of this month thematically, because if you look at the movies we did, uh, we did a remake of a football movie, a remake of The Longest Yard. So you got a football movie. Then we did a movie about a old man who's who's past his prime and who is goaded into returning to the sport that he once did, uh, which was Rocky five. And we did a movie about a college scandal where they, you know, there was recruiting violations and a team that was embroiled in scandals, which is blue chips. So this has all of that. And it also has Kevin and we also did Kevin Costner sports movie because you have to. Oh, right. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot Kevin Costner. But that also, I think, falls into guy past his prime who's playing aging, one aging guy. Trying yeah. to when he was born, he was a man past his prime. But uh, God damn it, he's going to try. That's also, Kevin Costner. Also, what is Scott Bakula, if not, you know, a Kevin Costner type in that he is a all American Kevin Costner? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely just he, they were both always on a farm. Like you just close your eyes and you picture them on a farm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a baculite. I just want to put that out. There. I'm 100% oh, baculite. Yes. I mean, I like some Costner, but I'm 100% bacula. Yeah. I am, I'm all, all about it. But Scott Bakula is TV Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just. Well, uh, wait, yeah, that's look, what it is. Kevin Costner is movie Scott Bakula. Let's be clear it's about not, that. That's a much, but no, that's a much better way to put it. Yeah, that's. Uh, and that's not necessarily a compliment. It just means that he's gone Hollywood. You know, yeah, exactly. Scott Bakula is from the earth. <laughs> the Do Bakula you know- commits to a more long form narrative. And <laughs> yeah. uh, Costner is more about quick, dirty, get the money and get out. 
I also think somehow Mike Rowe factors into all of this too. He's like reality He's TV. Yeah. The document. Reality Mike Rowe is, is reality TV back in Costner. I want to see a movie where the three of them are brothers that don't get along. And they have to like come together because their father, who was some sort of football coach or baseball coach, <laughs> it's his funeral. So then that unites them all yep. uh, to take over the team. They're like, he's the owner of a football franchise and they have to deal with the family empire. That that movie would make all but the I, money. I want them to be more of a fish out of water. Like, I, I just feel that they're all secretly college football coaches. Yes. For like right. D4. <laughs> they need to, like, all have to run, like, a mini golf place in, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, Cody Island or something. I love it. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. All right. But uh, so, anyways. I, yeah, we should probably set up necessary roughness, which. Again, as I stated in the beginning, I put my cards on the table. I, I love this movie, but I also think it's only fair in this beginning portion to admit that essentially the pitch for this movie is very clearly someone said, make major league, but with football. That seems like <laughs> how the, the green light poster is a yeah. dead copy of the <laughs> intentionally. Yes, yeah. it, it, it is intentional. Full on. Yes, and it's even Paramount. I mean, they were both the same. It was literally the same studio. It was like, make another one of those, but about football. Yeah. It worked for baseball. Do it for football. Mm -hmm. And uh, granted, they did pick some slightly different character archetypes, but it's not that different of a movie. No, I mean, you could. There are some one to ones. I mean, you have if you just take that the Dean is the owner that wants the team to fail Scott Bakula is Tom Berenger. Like, yep. there's definitely some. There's a few eight eight. There's they're missing the wild, the wild thing. Yes, a little bit. There's that's a, like a big miss. That's like in like Featherstone is no Willie Mays Hayes. No, no. But, but a little bit Pedro Serrano. And yeah, the, I was gonna say definitely. Um, but also if, Manu is a little Manu Manu is a little bit Pedro Serrano too, with the cultural differences and the. Although I don't know, because Manu is, I don't think there's a an equivalent because he's a much nicer character than anyone no, in that's, Major that's League. Definitely true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think they sort of doubled the stereotypes they were doing in this movie. I mean, I even get some of them confused. There's like a, a samurai, or like a kung fu karate person, and then there's like a military person. I can't actually remember, and I watched it today. If they're the same person. Um, no, they they're, look they're, really similar, but they are different. They are okay. different because there's a scene where they fight each other too, where the samurai right, guy the, is the training. The dorm room. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they um, both make no sense. Yeah, and then it's—I mean, it's also Texas, so a lot of the characters that aren't fully fleshed out. There's the twins, and then there's another guy that's really into rodeo, but they're all just generic Texans. Like they're—they're they're not defined beyond they are big right. strapping Texans. And there's also Jason Bateman, who would be the um, what's his name? What's that guy's name that there is an equivalent of him because there's the rich guy in Major League that is really entitled. Um, shoot, I'm blanking on his name, but yeah, um, Roger Dorn and Dor- yeah, Dorn. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's the Bateman of Major League. Yeah. And I mean, when we go through the the reasons this movie is maligned, I have some things to say about Jason Bateman's character as a running back. <laughs> for one, uh, uh, I mean, he proved he could be a hell of a boxer in Teen Wolf too. Uh, 
Is Teen Wolf um, 2 about boxing? I've never actually seen Teen Wolf 2. Yeah, it. it's about boxing. <laughs> the, both Teen Wolves are sports movies. Well, I mean, I would assume that, that you know, I've seen the first uh, one, obviously. But, right. Yeah. But the second one is the same movie, but boxing. Interesting. It's about a boxing werewolf played by Jason Bateman because Michael J. Fox wouldn't touch it with a 20-foot pole. <laughs> Smart. Uh, this is, I sort of, that's all just reminding me that I, I did have a delightful moment rewatching this that made me think of Airbud, which this movie predates Airbud, where the logic behind Kathy Ireland is there's nothing in the rule book that says that she can't be their kicker. And I did enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, unlike Airbud, she is still working within the confines of the game and playing it as anyone else does well and unlike um, airbud that actually happened in real life <laughs> like, right, right. there have been there have been multiple yeah. uh women kickers in college football vandy had one yeah colorado either colorado university or colorado state did um but we're still waiting for the first school. the first golden retriever uh, yeah yeah uh a d3 school in kentucky actually had uh, a woman defensive back yeah oh, that's right yeah yeah, which is the first time they've been like a non-specialist position. Uh, so, yeah, the JV team I coach, we had a girl on our team last year. She was a defensive back as well. I will say just in general, this movie ages better than I would have guessed that it would. There are definitely things absolutely that haven't aged well about it. But like in general, yeah. for a movie made in 1991, I was surprised how much there like there really isn't much that I cringed at. No, yeah, and, like, and those things were really quick too. There was like yeah. a, one joke, or you know, a couple jokes or whatever, but they were in and out. It wasn't like one whole character that you had to. Anytime they're on screen, you had to like fight and cover your eyes. No, it was nothing like Major League Two with like Tahashi and yeah, uh, all of the rest of the cast. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's there's it, and even like Major League One, which I, is uh rightfully like lauded sports movie is it's sort of the pinnacle of sports comedy there's a lot that also is like yeah when you watch it 30 well, years later well, tom Beringer's entire relationship arc is really troubling of like leave her alone <laughs> stop showing up mild at, stalking yeah yeah <laughs> uh well i guess but I mean, also i mean go i was gonna, gonna say this one is pg-13 and then uh major league is r and they i think they felt that they could just or needed to throw a lot of other stuff in. That's also because Bacula was in it. As soon as he showed up, it just dropped the rating. For some reason, the rating got it got a, it got thirty percent more wholesome <laughs> as soon as as Bacula showed up. What? Um, I do want to okay. say it's so weird to see Scott Bacula smoking like that. My brain couldn't accept it. Like it didn't it, it didn't feel right. Like it like it just doesn't seem like he should have a cigarette in his mouth. He doesn't seem like the right guy to play the Marlboro man. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he's wearing the Canadian tuxedo. And I think someone was just like, no, we have to complete this look. And it's like, you're going to be smoking through this entire movie. And he does. Yeah. Yeah, right, maybe we... he's in his rider. He's like, I need I need my cigs. <laughs> Who knows? Um, um, we probably should. We, we haven't officially set up the movie, which I do think we could do quickly, which is so basically sort of somewhat from real things that happen in college football. The entire team is sanctioned for recruiting violations, accepting money. So they have to put together a team full of students. And uh, then the Dean gets involved even more because he's trying to crush the program. So they end up only having enough students to play Iron Man football 
with the exception of Paul Blake. Everybody else has to play offense and defense. And uh, Kathy Ireland is just the kicker. But well, she only she shows up him. for like two games. <laughs> the last two games. <laughs> yeah. Um, can we just get right into the Dean? Because that's like one of my least favorite. Like, I love Larry Miller. I think he's a great he's one of the all time great slime balls in cinema history, uh, but also really great as the wholesome dad and 10 things I hate about you. But man, his character, like it's such a distraction and unnecessary part of this whole story. Like this team, there was enough like conflict and adversity that they did not need the stodgy Dean trying to bring down the fun loving kids trying to play football. I, I love this trope. And so I think they always need the stodgy Dean, especially Larry Miller. And as someone named Philip, and there's so many back to school has a Philip, you know, I think he's just a professor in that. Uh, there's this Philip, uh, and Larry Miller does it so well. Um, yeah. So I'm putting a vote to, to keep him in. Ooh, that means I'm the tiebreaker, which is hard because I feel like I am somewhere in the middle in that I, I, agree with philip that i think this character should exist but i don't know if it if he's i wish that he was a little clearer like a little less mustache twirly and had just a little bit more justification for because he gets fired at the end and you're like well yeah of course he got like why did he not get fired sooner like there's there's nothing yeah he's just even if they just taken time to establish that he is a newly hired dean because a dean of students is complicit in any academic recruiting scandal or cheating scandals or any of that. Uh, I'm sure that people on the administration staff of SMU, who this is loosely yeah, right. based on, uh, also had to take the fall for this. <clears throat> and so it would make sense that or just like paid a little more uh, like knowledge to like, you know, you. I'm trying to run a good school. You're selling my reputation. I'm not letting this this new football team do it. Just something to ground him a little bit more in the out of the mustache twirly. Um, yeah, I hear everything y'all are saying, but <laughs> I would watch like an hour and thirty minute movie of Larry Miller just touching glass. And oh then my reacting god, to it. Oh, hundred percent. <laughs> See, I think that's why. Like I said, I'm somewhere in the middle in that. Like yeah, I'll say all that. of that, but then that scene is pure gold. The, the touching the glass is great. The hurts when they poke you in the chest like that. What do you mean there ain't no brawl? No, I mean Larry Miller's doing great yeah. work in this movie. No, and and it, this is going to, I think, come up in the silver lining portion of the mo- of when we talk about this. Um, but I think that sort of encapsulates what I think is the big silver lining of this movie. Uh, which is the cast, but let's keep maligning it before we get yeah. back to what uh, to everything else that's going on. Um, yeah, like this movie's kind of a narrative mess. Like uh, the way I was describing it to Joel, and is that like every scene is good, and like every scene works, but there's just like the timing of like where are they in the season? You know what's going on with this? What's going on with that? Uh, why are they playing a scrimmage week three of the season? Like, yeah. Things like that are just really sloppy and unclean. Um, I, I will say it's funny and, to watch this this movie as an adult because there was definitely a vibe that I never picked up on as a kid watching it of when that scrimmage with the prison team happens, there's just voiceover, which makes me really think that they cut a significant amount out of them. They wanted to keep the scene, but it, it feels like whatever justification had existed in the script got replaced with like four lines of voiceover. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and then, and the other thing is like, I completely lost my train of thought, but it's just, yeah, it's like narratively sloppy and 
you know, like, oh, yeah, here's here it is. Uh, I got there. You're never going to convince me that a giant university in Texas doesn't have a hundred kids on campus that wish they could play football and would be jumping at the chance when the team got panned. There, there's not a like a, a D three school that doesn't have that. Honestly, like especially in Texas. But yeah, it's just the the level wouldn't be this goofy of them just jumping into sports. They would get destroyed by the other teams. But sure, there's tons of people who were their star high school player and aren't anywhere close to. Oh, uh, yeah. I guarantee like Alabama, who is perennially one of the, the top college football programs, I guarantee their like club football team would win a D3 national title. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that they could they could pull guys and probably plug them in in a couple of spots that are were probably good enough and to play college football in a lot of so, places. No, for sure. You know, and so that, that it's just a thin premise. And I mean, I think you need it for the movie to happen. I think that that's like the drama part of the drama of the movie. Uh, and yeah, and it's, it, so that's, you know, it's, it's implausible, but then again, like to get to this, like every scene works though, like every scene of the movie works. Yeah. I, I think what's interesting watching it, cause it, again, I think as a kid, my brain just rolled with it and accepted it. I realized how much is off screen in this and it's, I don't even know, like it still kind of works for me, but it, it does require you to just fill in a lot of gaps with like. Because if you watch like the romance story, there's only a couple of scenes right. to set it up and then they're just dating and you're like, OK, I guess they bonded more. Like he wrote that one paper and then I guess they've been slowly getting closer or anything like in particular. It's like the team. We never really see them get better. You just have to assume that they're getting better. Like it's a lot of everything is there, even like Manu Mana and uh, Paul Blake. Their friendship is like they're they're put together in a dorm room and then they're just really close. Like it doesn't really show on screen a lot of the pieces that you, you need to just assume happened off screen to make it work. Boosted him into the bunk bed every single night. I mean, that. <laughs> and that build that builds a bond. Yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, especially what, since you know. Yeah, that's what that dance was uh, at the end when he gets the sack. That's yeah. he's he's showing <laughs> him lifting. Yeah. yeah. He's well, and, you know, this, their team's offense, they were under the center. So, you know, they're also getting very up close and personal that way. Uh, you know, but again, you do have to fill in the gaps. Uh, ditto the sort of burgeoning romance between Manu Manu and Kathy Ireland. I think that was all uh, on. That was there. Every piece that I needed was there. She needed to shower. He was very chivalrous. He invited her to that dance or that event, whatever the social event was. And then she kissed him right, on the yeah. cheek. I think we all yeah. understand that they are now happily married and have kids. And their kids are gorgeous <laughs> and monsters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're all seven they, feet they, tall. They gave, they gave birth to the rock is what happened. Yes. Yeah, no, I think so. Yeah, that's, that's Just 100%. the rocks. <laughs> Although I was reading the backstory and that the actor playing uh, Manu Mana uh, was married and his wife was not happy about this i mean that's uh, smoldering he, he, like, on-screen chemistry yeah. yeah i get it between him got, like, and a yeah. picture from her and she tore it up like right when oh <laughs> no like, no 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um <laughs> but i was gonna say yeah on the as we're still on burgeoning romances for me it was really the uh bacula love interest thing that was way too tropey for me you know they're instantly in it then they instantly have very solvable problems like that cause this rift and then they're instantly back together and 
I don't know. I mean, I guess you it's required to have that in this type of movie, but yeah. I wasn't really there for it. I will say, uh, they, I, I feel like they do one really smart thing with the relationship that I love, which is the scene where he shows up bleeding on her doorstep, uh, which that, it's do. not that part. But I love when he says, let's start over. And then she goes into that whole speech about I was a cheerleader. You played against my boyfriend. Uh, he destroyed you. And then he's like, what? So this is about some grudge. And she's like, grudge. No, I was in love with you. I used to drive by your house. Like I used to call your phone and hang up. I thought in a movie that is not going to devote the time to their relationship, that was such a smart choice to explain her mm -hmm. and to fill in who she was as a person. Because yeah. I bought that of like, oh, you had a crush on this guy in high school. He did not know you existed. And now it sort of is like a tables have turned thing where she's now a you know admitting that she had a crush on him a million years ago yeah and it just fills in a lot of the gaps i agree with you though that, that a lot of their problems otherwise are manufactured you know and, and can they do this thing uh where it's like he gets really mad at her for tell him tell him that we're in love <laughs> and it's like that will destroy this entire program if it comes out that the quarterback is dating one of the professors at this school one that's of his hard. professors yeah like you're done she's she's in the class like he's in the class and yeah it's yeah the other thing like it almost feels like there was a subplot they thought about including and kind of dropped with jason bateman's character is it like it seemed like at one point that he was going to be like the weaselly dean's accomplice oh and really then, where'd you get I, I just like from like his first couple appearances he seemed like kind of on the outside looking in and i feel like they're just like nah screw it he's just on the team <laughs> i think there was a lot of like expanded for all the roles that they just ended up cutting because it's i don't know it's same with the um the guy who cut, catches the final pass oh banks oh, oh no no, no, no the banks, banks. yeah, yeah. Banks. it's like yeah he was in like a comment at the beginning of the movie. Then he disappeared for the entirety of the movie until he like pops up to catch the final pass. And that's, and you're, we're supposed to care about. It. And I'm just like, I don't care who okay. this guy is. Yeah. yeah right. I was, I was honestly trying to figure that out because yeah, it's made such a clear point that, that Paul Blake, it's Paul Blake and Samurai are the only two players that don't play offense and defense, which implies that Banks does. But then, at the very end, he's part of the kicking team that is sent in, which implies that he's now a bench player. But how? Where did they get extra they, players from? <laughs> well, they established they had 19 players on the roster and 11 on the field at the time. So they had some because they had the backup quarterback. They had uh, the character we're talking about and then, you know, a handful and a handful of others. That and were just literally just extras that in the cast. There was like a final scene where the the offense was out there, and there's this giant man wearing football, you know, pads and stuff like that on the sideline. It's like, who is this guy? Put him in. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, if you're down to you know Iron Man and you're looking for like this man who's twice as tall as the coach, yeah, maybe put him in. Um, yeah. <laughs> But the coach remembers 140 pounds and plays like a right. wild a man. Wild man. <laughs> no, <laughs> a beast. <laughs> Robert <laughs> Loja. Look, are we ready to pivot? Because I can just talk about Robert Loja for the rest of this episode. Like, is there anything else specifically we want to malign? Because yeah, I'm ready. No, I mean, I think I, th I mean, I think this is going to be one of those episodes where it's it's a lot because this is the type of movie that's never going to get good reviews. 
but is a really enjoyable movie. And um, it's it's like whatever the opposite of critic proof is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that like it's no like it. It got bad reviews. It did pretty well. It It definitely has classic status as a sports movie um well let's talk about all the things we love about it we're all i think about the same age and i it's funny because i i don't know about for both of you but for me like this movie just lived on cable and so i saw it eight million times growing up i don't know that i've i I don't know that i've seen it start to finish consecutively more than twice no that was the funny thing i've seen 20 minutes of it here 20 minutes of it there yeah, the opening scenes were kind period. of weird to me for sure. Like when they were showing the farm and every, I was like, I can't, I mean, I kind of remember this, but yeah, it's like the middle to end of the movie. I could quote verbatim, but I must have checked it in my TV listings because I always saw it started on the farm. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it was always just like coming up next on Comedy Central, or whatever, or TBS, and I would just be glued there. Um, cause I always saw the start I mean, I've seen it a bunch on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is one of those movies that like whatever point it was on, I was watching the rest. Yeah. Of it. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. But you know, this, it's one of those movies that just, cause it's, it's so episodic and it's all basically vignettes, which yeah, leads to, great scenes. which leads to like sort of some of the narrative mess of it. But yeah, like it could be the last game. It could be, is he going to get younger as he gets closer? <laughs> you know, any number of things. Benjamin in. Button in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, we pivoted. Uh, but when like along with the the relationship problems, it is so half hearted when Paul Blake quits the team. Like it does not feel in any way believable that he is quitting that team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Like, I feel like once again, yeah, doesn't matter. Manufactured connections. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, but I think Andy, you said it, but the, um, the cast in this is fantastic. Like, I think that's a good place this to start. It doesn't work with even like an iota lesser of a cast. Yeah. Like all the, like all the flaws get a lot more highlighted. Um, and all of the joy of this movie, like this is Sinbad at his peak. It's Bakula who we all love. Manu Manu is a great character. Uh, Loja and Elizondo as the coaches are phenomenal their chemistry is off the charts yeah and i have this image and i went through his imdb of hector elizondo just being in a ton of great movies he really hasn't been i mean he was in you know pretty woman this two great movies uh no i mean there there's a few every cbs cop drama in the yes (laughs) but i think he just brings this sort of very fatherly gravitas like Mm-hmm. loving gravitas to his roles and it's just he's great i think everything he's in you just you want yeah him as like an uncle or something he's like, the epitome of a that guy and and but like to the he's so good i love how yeah. elizondo i he's good he's like a bright spot in everything he's in and this is definitely no exception <laughs> and he's he gives like it's sort of the same way that uh, Michael Caine talked about how when he did uh, Muppet Christmas characters, like, no, no, I'm playing a straight drama. That's what I'm doing is that Hector Elizondo is not acting in a comedy and it, it's the right choice for the entire movie. Yes. And it's great. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that Loja is like, I wouldn't say he's like hamming it up. I mean, he's obviously doing a little bit more jokey stuff, but he's 
being he's being Robert, Robert Loja, yeah. which is an icon. <laughs> Which is funny, too, because, yeah, I agree that Loja is not playing it for comedy. But at the same time, I think the funniest scene in the whole movie is the hospital scene where he's treating Ed Gennaro like he is going to die. Like he's just, he shows up with flowers, which is already hilarious. <laughs> he thinks that he's bequeathing him the playbook. Like, right, yeah. it's just, like no, just hold on to it until I'm. I'm yeah, I, no, that scene is that is a great two-person scene. It's like, funny, it's awesome. too, because I, I also, like, that clip from the beginning that we played, obviously, I've always remembered the, you know, you play football the way Ed Gennaro played football. You you rip their heads off and you uh, shit down their throats, which is amazing. But I don't think I really appreciated until this time that he says a man who gave his life to this team, which is still <laughs> him still leaning. Alive. Yeah. yeah. Or the, the last thing he said to me was, win or I'll die. <laughs> No, it's yeah, all of it is great. I also really appreciate how like he is the one where because it is Gennaro's like, OK, I'm straight arrow Gennaro. I'm going to coach this team with honor. And Losha's just sneaking around behind his back, recruiting Paul Blake, recruiting Kathy Ireland. Like he is the one who's like, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah we got to follow the rules. But how can we get these players and stack this team? And what can win? we do within the rules? Make yeah. it the best team possible within the rules that we're using. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And Robert Loja just. What an icon, man. I love him. Mm -hmm. He's great. Yep. And and again, you, you if you have two people that aren't the caliber of Hector Elizondo and Robert Loja, you have someone that's like trying to act in a comedy. Does the movie stops working right there? Right. Well, and again, so much of this movie, like I said, is off the screen that you need to we immediately need to understand their chemistry and their relationship and they both sell it just with the way they interact with each other, which if you had the wrong actors and you didn't buy that, then right. Yeah. The whole relationship doesn't work. Oh yeah. Once and, again, and, the, the, go ahead. I was gonna say, and then you have Larry Miller just doing an animal house knockoff and on, on his own. And it's just great. <laughs> yeah. She called me but just the bits of information that they do give us. Uh, the one scene where, uh, Gennaro has like the heart attack air quotes. He's making the salad at work <laughs> and they're both there having dinner like on like a table in the locker room. And it's just like, that's all you get. And so you, your brain has to create like, they're making a full like three course meal in the locker room. They have dinner in the locker room. Other. Yeah. And that, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> no, yeah, I think this great. movie does sincerely do a good job implying a larger universe that this movie exists in, which is why even when it's narratively thin, you buy it because your brain really does just believe you believe that Paul Blake and Manu Manu had all these times together in their dorm that we never saw or whatever. Well, and, and that's the thing is that like, if, this movie never existed. One, the world would be a worse place. Let's just put that out there. That, yes. this, that would be a worse timeline. Uh, but if someone pitched it in 2022 as a movie, they would take it to series and they'd make it a, you know, a Netflix series and they would dive deeper into the characters. And I think it was called Blue Mountain State, but I'm not 100% <laughs> sure about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did make a Necessary Roughness TV show for a little bit. I, I think they made but, like three seasons. I never saw any of it. I don't think it was connected to this. I think it was just the title, right? Like, I don't this think it was really. That could yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's just a title because it oh, starts wow. like John Stamos <laughs> and someone else. Yeah, like, but I don't actually don't think, think it's about college football huh. at all. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. I think it's like a legal drama. 
Which doesn't make any sense. It's a bad no. title for a legal job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like people have their opinions on Sinbad. I think he brightens every scene he's in. I love Sinbad. I loved him in uh, when we did Jingle All the Way. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I I think he's incredibly charismatic, and he was uh, a huge get for any movie in 1991. Yeah, well, and it, fresh it, off it, of a uh, different world. It's funny too because this movie is over. Like there is an overabundance of buddy duos in this movie, and the amount that we get of just when paul blake goes to recruit him but then the bar fight scene which we haven't talked about which we should talk about because i love yeah. that scene but, oh, we'll get there yeah but uh when one he convinces andre convinces him to go out with the boys but then immediately because paul blake's the one that starts the fight when they're just behind the bar together and he's like next time we're not inviting you and he's like i thought you wanted to party okay. it's like they're immediately a buddy duo that i would watch an entire series of just the two of them being old men in a college together well yeah. i always remember <laughs> I watch it now played yes. football together when they were young just because they had that rapport no they they were strangers until this like the scene where they meet that's true right. yeah because yeah that's funny i until you said that i hadn't thought about that because he he just summarizes who he was but yeah there's no right. implication I, I are you the same it, andre yeah. krim that yeah. was the all-state tackle from blah 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 high school and it would probably have been narratively better if andre krim was his offensive tackle back in high school but you know it's still great it worked yeah yeah, yeah. It's like, you do have one more year of eligibility. You want to come play for us? And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, and, and it was that, it was a uh, proto Neil deGrasse Tyson because it was a stellar athlete uh, that is also one of the smartest men alive and a great astrophysicist. Yep. What, uh, what sport did he play? Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was a college wrestler. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah. And a good, a pretty good one, too. Now, I mean, I'm he's not a huge man. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I'm not aware of any like PhD students that have played D1. I hadn't like none of it popped up in the trivia I was looking at, but that would be interesting. Um, there's some like Ivy Leagues, like Chris Nowinski was a Harvard football player and uh, did go on to get a PhD and is like leading one of the leading concussion researchers in the country for <laughs> sports medicine. No, I'm, I'm sure that happens. I, but someone who's actually like, oh, I see what you're within, saying, like coming back, you know, played two years and then goes on, you does know, their academics and then right. comes back and plays another year of football. Yeah, I'd I'd be shocked if there are many examples of that. <laughs> yeah, listeners but, do a deep dive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, get in the comments, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, but, you know, I mean, there are a fair number of athletes. I mean, Shaq has a Ph.D. Does he? What yeah. in what? Yeah. Uh, education. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, he has a PhD in education and a BA in criminal uh criminal science, I think. Cool. Yeah. Uh anyways, and we talked about Shaq this month, so we're bring keep bringing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, we're talking enough about Shaq. So there's one other tie-in to a previous movie that we did that I was saving for the silver linings, and I don't know if either of you realize this, but I always loved the music in this and i always thought the ba -da -ba -ba -da, like the theme is great do you guys know who the composer of this film was no bill conti the man who wrote the rocky theme rocky. song oh right yeah yeah that like, makes such perfect sense yeah 
But that was I, I only caught it this time again, that beginning that I always missed on cable. I saw his name pop up and I was like, that makes so much sense to me because the music really sells it, especially at the end. And I, yeah, I really love the oh, if you're going to make a sports movie. Why not go to Bill Conti? Yeah. He's the best. And yeah. He also did Karate Kid. A, like, yeah, you can't end the movie in a freeze frame and have like shitty music in the background or else. Yeah, you're. No, I mean, if Yakety Sax is playing, there's just a freeze frame like no one. I mean, although mm, I don't know, I, I can sort of get behind okay, it. Now. Maybe. Betty Hill, yeah. But that was like when um, we did Rocky Five, we even talked about that, that. That was a huge mistake that that movie made is it didn't lean into the Conti like score enough and it, it suffered for it. And it's I think you get so much value added by just yeah. his music gets you pumped, even if nothing is really happening. Yeah, he, he he knows how to write fanfare uh, to a great effect, and it's it's delightful. Um, I say we talk about the uh, the convicts and the bar fight, and then that, yeah. might, that might get us to time. Uh, <laughs> I do want to talk I, about I the love... final scene as well. So if, oh, if yeah, we get yeah, yeah. those three things, I think we're good. But yeah, let's talk about the yeah. convicts, like the scrimmage. I love that it is a who's who of current and former NFL players and then a Vander Holyfield for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I had that too um, like this time of like why Holyfield? Like the I mean, I guess he was just recognizable. But I mean, he yeah. was he was on the come up as a like a major heavyweight fighter. But like yeah, you have Dick Butkus uh who had, has a number of acting credits to his name anyway. And who's uh, really good. He also, He's super natural yeah, like in his line delivery. Yeah. yeah. No, he as just being very eloquent and uh, I think the biggest laugh I got out of the movie is when they asked the one guy, what are you in for? And he says, computer fraud after absolutely murdering him. No, that, that is might great. Have been, like this movie is very funny. I think that might have been my favorite joke. Yeah, no, that's a good uh, one. But, but yeah, it's like, you know, and just like if you're a big football fan, just seeing Ed Tutal Jones and Dick Butkus and Jim Kelly and Jerry Rice and et cetera, and Tony Dorsett and so on and so on. Like, it's it's just cool. Um, well, and, and the fact that like. It's smart, though, too, because if you recognize them, it's a really cool. These are a bunch of cameos. But even if you don't recognize them, because I would imagine probably even when I was a kid, I might not have like really appreciated everyone I was seeing. It still is a fun scene, which I think sometimes when they do cameos, it still works. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to know who they are to appreciate what's happening. I know that being a 10 year old kid in upstate New York, I definitely recognized Jim Kelly in 1991. (laughs) And then not to get too political on your podcast, but hopefully this movie only contains one senator, past or present or future. Um, Sinbad. Of course. course, Yes. Sinbad. Fred Thomas. Yeah. yeah. Thompson. Sorry. Fred Thompson. And then, of course, one of the uh, convicts is uh, Herschel Walker. Oh, um, right. Oh, that's right. Running for senator Mm, in Georgia. (laughs) By the way, uh, a really wild thing about this is if I can have like one second for a tangent is... It would seem on the surface that this is ridiculous, but then I read Danny Trejo's memoir and he essentially describes this happening in a prison that he was in with a baseball team, that the prison had a baseball team. The difference is they didn't travel because it's a prison. The The team had to come to them, but they did a scrimmage against a team that like was looking to to play against them who did show up and it did end in a riot where all of the prisoners like started fighting <laughs> oh, wow. all the players. So like. Literally, like this kind of stuff does happen, which is really wild to me because, yeah, it seems ridiculous. But if you read Trejo's book, it's actually somewhat. They're playing like the California Summer League uh, single A ball club. 
Yeah, in his book, he says it because it was one of the prisoners got really upset because one of the baseball players had gum and he was like, I want gum. We're not allowed to have gum. And then he attacked the guy for gum. As you do. As one does. Yeah. 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 And Um, also Danny Trejo was in prison for computer fraud. A lot of people don't know that. (laughs) Yes, that's true. Uh, But yeah, no, I I think you hit the nail on the head. The one like this, this scene works as a scene and the cameos are like a little extra flavor on top. Like it, it didn't, it could have been just a bunch of random big central casting football player types or rough looking guy types. But the fact that they like pick past, present and future NFL stars was like a really cool thing. And Evander Holyfield. But, and right. Evander Holyfield, <laughs> who, uh, who's like, coach, I think I choked on a finger. But then, yeah, the yeah. prescient, like eating people, like with losing <laughs> his he'd ear. Involved like, in, in yeah. having a body part. How Someone choked on a body part of yeah. his. What else do they know? <laughs> Yeah, can we get fan theories going for it's like what they do with the Simpsons, like <laughs> necessary roughness predicted. <laughs> it knew it all. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the bar um, brawl. Bar brawl. Uh like you want to talk about a cliched character that I'm totally fine with. Is that big flat moose, top? Uh, flat top. Flat top. <laughs> Lego head man. Just, just watching him no sell baculus punches. And I've seen enough episodes of Quantum Leap oh. and Enterprise to know that Bacula can throw a punch. He can also do a spin kick, which he didn't break out in this, but right. no. yeah. And maybe he should have. <laughs> well that was when, the other guy's gimmick. When Sinbad and him are jumping off the bar, you don't know because they cut away. <laughs> they could have both gone into simultaneous spin kicks. So I I like to think that they did. Yeah. Look, I'm just going to say I'm going to go bold here. I think from the second they enter that bar complete through uh, the everything that we talked about with Larry Miller. Like, I think this is might be the best sequence of the entire movie. Yeah. I love every moment of it. It's all perfect. The fact that Bakula is nothing but reasonable with Flat Top, who is the most He's not even two dimensional. He's just a one dimensional <laughs> meathead who has no reason yeah. to care that they exist. They tell him that. Right. And he's like, just. We are terrible. You are on the best team in Texas. <laughs> but it's like. Let it, us be. It weirdly feels credible to me that he's just that much of an asshole. That, yeah. <laughs> it, it does. Yeah. It, no, it super tracks. Yeah. And then, of course, you have Bateman's like plaintive. Hey, he bought you a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Which he didn't. He just stole it off a tray and handed um, it to him. Yeah. But he handed you a beer. That's true. But Bacula yeah. paid for that. I fully believe that even after the brawl, he he, he found he that server and, and, and paid. Yeah. yeah. And tip. Gave her a big tip. Yeah. But yeah, every uh, piece of it just yeah, like the Again, this is where the lifting Bacula up into his bunk every night, you could see that that's the bunk. line. That's the one thing you, you can't insult his center. Like he would take you making fun of him, but his center. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that even against a bunch of like peak college athletes, that Sinbad, Bakula, Manu, and the ninja guy could probably hold their own pretty well in a bar fight. Yeah, I mean, Especially Bateman's in no trouble. <laughs> Bateman's got some well, issues. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Aussie guy, probably pretty tough. The, the military 30. guy, who knows? Yeah. Um, but I, t- I would say that they have a better shot in a bar fight, even though they did end up getting myrtleized in the bar fight and winning the football game. The real world version of that is probably the flip. Yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, also, my favorite bit of world building in this entire movie is the bartender who picks up the phone and says, hey, sheriff, it's Billy Bob's <laughs> again. 
And I'm like, that tells you yeah. everything you need to know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. of course, it's a bar with a rodeo inside. I mean, they just need Patrick Swayze running, you know, cooling <laughs> duties. Um, Roadhouse. Yeah. But no, yeah, I love the indoor rodeo, too. Like, just the and, Texas and of it Verniarski, all. And who... One of the all-time great meathead actors uh, playing the rodeo kid in the movie. Oh, right, yeah. Because um, he's 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 played a meathead in almost everything he's done, and oddly, Christopher Walken's son in Batman Returns. <laughs> Is he the one too that says, "I'm not eating anything I might have ridden in here"? Which is yeah. also a line yes, I appreciate. That is, yes, that is a qual- also, that is a good line. How bad does this bar smell? Oh, I mean, terrible! It has so indoor bad. rodeo. <laughs> yes, yeah. so bad. What a bad idea! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was popular, though, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, middle of nowhere, Texas. It makes sense. But that's what that's they had a lot of those. And then they're like, wait, what if we just had mechanical bulls? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Those don't shit. (laughs) (laughs) A lot less shitting. But also, I do think this scene is incredibly important because it's one, it's just fun. It's like a fun like and it's kind of they're all team building. And you even see it that that's that they were fighting before this. And this is what bonds them together. But they also needed in the same way that I think Major League, the thing that they end up doing is they find out that the owner is trying to sell the team in that route. You needed something to rally them and you needed a villain. And I think it did all of that. And it set up the end because now you've created stakes where Obviously, this team is terrible. There's not really much they can do. But honestly, beating this team in the last game is going to completely destroy their season. Like their national champion contenders, that loss is going to knock them out of the championship game. Right. A hundred percent. It's not like the NFL where you can when you're the top team, you can, you know, tank. you can just sit your stars the last game and it doesn't matter. Like every game counts in college football uh, in a, in a way that, you know, especially back then when there were just a series of bowl games and there wasn't even the, the bowl series, Champion, the championship yeah. series. Um, you know, that's yeah, their and, season's and, done at that point. Like they, yeah. they're going to, pl- they're going to play in a bowl game, but they're not going to win a national champion. No, they yeah. lost, uh, lost to a winless team. Yeah. Yeah. A team that was Oh, eight and one at that point. Um, and and yeah, it, and it also just like makes the final game personal. Yes, because like flat tops there just causing havoc because he is one of the best linebackers in college football and all that. And um, flat yeah, top it, again. It, we ought to think about blocking him. That's just so yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> which which Manu decides on the last play of the game. Oh, yeah. I will. Oh, I will. Are we are I'm we ready to him. talk about the last scene? Because I love the last scene, but Man, it's it's so it's all sizzle and none of it makes any sense, but yeah. it's so satisfying. Like, I don't Agreed, e- yeah. we can sit here and we can pick it apart and I still love it because, yeah, uh, Mr. Blake, he'll never touch you. That line, I I probably gave me goosebumps as a kid. Like, no, uh, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I'm watching it today and I watched this movie like three months ago, I still like my eyes were starting to well. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, they do the, the, <laughs> the like predator like hand. <laughs> they grab each other's hands. And then again, yeah. Bill Conti comes in with just this super dramatic music. Yeah, he'll never touch you. And then <laughs> the like... The chin strap flies off his helmet. He spits up blood. Like it is. I was. I was also reading that this 
he knocks scene. the face mask off the helmet. It is. That's yeah. what I meant. Sorry. That was yeah, like yeah, my, yeah. 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 That like, like I said, I think my biggest laugh was computer fraud. I think my second biggest reaction in the movie is when Manu Manu knocks off his face mask. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. It took him like two weeks to film this. He gave that other guy a concussion and they had to take like a week off. And like it was just so many takes and so many injuries <laughs> to film that one impact. Uh, yeah, it was worth and, it. Well, that's another. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe not the concussion. Like, another but... thing in the sloppiness of like the movie, and it's like there is more blood on the pants of that team than any football game I've ever <laughs> witnessed, and I've watched, coached, and played in a lot of football games, and there's just never been that much blood. Well, there's also, I mean, it's such a big deal is made out of the fact that this is an Iron Man football team. The fact that they all. Like the last play of the game is conditioning. The last play of the game is like we have some injuries and we have to send in these three people. The fact that everyone, especially Paul Blake, who's just every time he drops back is getting is just getting annihilated. Yeah, so destroyed. He would not be finishing this season. No, no. Yeah, and he's thirty four and hasn't played in you know however long. Hasn't done anything but thrown to his tackling dummy. Although with the blood, they were playing on a turf field and they said that a lot of it was actually real just oh, believe it. like sliding yeah. on that just tears oh. up your Espe- elbows i mean especially knees. 1991 turf like oh you you can just see the fold like the seams in it it looks awful because 2022 turf is a mattress compared oh. to 1991 turf <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh but yeah um, even but yeah. All, of the, all of that said the, the fact that yeah like i i don't understand why manu mana like is suddenly able to stop him on maybe he could just stop him one play he had this one move that he was like i can only do this once and I got to save it for when it counts. <laughs> but well, like, and it's going to murder him. Yeah. Blake drops back for like 18 seconds. Yeah. And Manu just disappears. So he's like just hiding, waiting, <laughs> biding his time. And then just like ransacks him. So, I mean, that's the play. You've got to hide first and then you can do. Maybe that's it. It's maybe a developing Ma- play. Yeah. Maybe Manu is getting he's getting dropped immediately every time. And so it needs Paul Blake to scramble long enough for him to stand up and charge at him at full speed <laughs> he uh, went down the other end zone to get that really good running start that's what it was but, right. but no i i Just mean this since, ear hole him. like i sincerely do mean this though where like it's if you sit there and analyze it i feel like it none of it holds up but with the music with that line and then again charlie who banks you, you talked about before too of like who is this guy like, why is it him in the end? None of it makes any sense. But when they cut to, oh, God, the yeah. 88, just like on his farm, it somehow it's a magic trick to your brain that like it is just I think they could an, like we could analyze this, that there's something chemically that you could tell me all of the reasons that this doesn't work and then show it to me and I will cheer every time. Yeah, you, you could explain all the reasons why this is dumb and bad. And I'd be like, nope. You're wrong. Yeah, it's, it's great. Good and I love it. Yeah, yeah no. And I will watch it every day. I also think this movie does the smartest thing ever, which I feel like Dodgeball does this too. And I'm such a fan of it is that you hit that high, they win, and then you're out, baby. Like, roll those credits. Do credits. not give us time uh-huh. <laughs> to think about any of it. <laughs> Don't go back to the Shire. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We don't need to see epilogues for these characters because you no. know that, you know, epilogues were written and shot and they're like, no. That this nope. Freeze frame it. Freeze frame it and lock it up. <laughs> Freeze frame Freeze. and Conti. Yeah. <laughs> Freeze frame it on Larry Miller getting stomped on and let's get out. Yeah. Yeah. We need to see Manu Mana pass out, sorry, to his wife. 
uh, after he gets kissed on the cheek. And then we need to yeah, see yeah. Larry Miller. Uh, yeah. Then the armadillo as the fight. I love that. That's the final shot. <laughs> yeah. What it's. Yeah, it's so good. We, I mean, we did it. This movie is this is this is not one of the best movies that we've watched for this podcast. It is. I disagree. I hard disagree. But it, it, has it might be the best movie we've of ever the watched. Linings. I think it might the be the best movie. took over and just <laughs> encompassed the cloud. But like this, this it is all it is so much silver lining. Like, yeah, it's I love this movie is awesome. And I think the most awesome thing about it is that it shouldn't work, but no. it does. Yes. It, I think it it just needs to be more well-known. Like, I think a lot of people know Major League and not a lot of people know Necessary Roughness. And it's a shame. Because I, I do think this is a better movie. There's more holes. While I still like Major League, there's mm-hmm. some boring spots in it where I, I don't think... This is tighter. The bad, yeah. the bad parts in this are like a minute long. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're past it. Well, yeah, there's, there's not like... It's, it's, it's uneven. There's some sloppy narrative. But on a scene to scene basis, there's not a bad scene in the movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like everything like, works well enough to carry you to the next, either the bar right. fight or the final game. Or even we didn't really talk about like the monsoon game, but that game is super fun. Yeah. Right. Like cut like 30 seconds of Rob Schneider's dialogue. But I actually think get rid of it. Now, some of it, I think it does some really heavy lifting of exposition and it's fine. Um, And I thought some of his jokes work, but it's like anything related to his Saturday Live stuff. Cut that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, the the exposition that he's given, I think he he actually this is the most I've liked Rob Schneider in anything because he is the most a person in this. And I, I liked him when he was just explaining things. I thought he was actually good at that. And then, yeah, as soon as he tried to get yeah. into bits, Fumbelina, like all that no, stuff, no, I didn't. No, no, no. Yeah. Fumbelruski, Fumbelai. Yeah, it's, it's no one cares. Um, but yeah, it's like the Larry Miller stuff, like it adds unnecessary wrinkles to the overall plot, but the scenes are so good. You don't care. That was the original working title of the film was Unnecessary Wrinkles, and it didn't test as well. (laughs) (laughs) And Larry Miller is one of the all time great weasels in cinema history. Like he's he's which is funny because this was for sure my introduction to him. I am absolutely positive. This was the first thing I ever saw Larry Miller. (laughs) Same. Yeah. I have to assume that that's true, too. But yeah, it's but he's I mean. And and he's by all accounts one of the nicest men in Hollywood. Yeah, is is a nice is another just nice fact about that. Like he's, everybody loves him. The worst like villains are what uh, what's his face from uh, Karate Kid and um, the bad guy oh. from Back to the Future are all supposedly like super nice guys. Oh yeah, um, Biff was it Tom and... Tom Wilson is that I think that's Biff's name. Like... No, Tom Wilson is Biff Tannen. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, are you talking about the guy that plays Crease or the guy that plays Johnny? Uh, Johnny. William Zabka. Yeah. He seems like a sweetheart. Yeah. And I mean, he's had an amazing resurgence. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cobra Kai is great. Yeah. Uh, By the way, it's funny, though, too. I'm just going to sneak this in because why not? But by all accounts, Scott Bakula is one of the most wonderful people ever in Hollywood. And I've heard a lot of stories about him. Just like he learns everyone on the crew's name and is sincerely just approachable to a fault of like when he's on a movie set. And cause I remember like Diedrich Bader in an interview was like, I did one episode of quantum leap. I saw how Scott Bakula was on that set. 
And I have tried to be like that the entire rest of my career because of how much he was just the guy on that show. So like, yeah, shout out to Scott Bakula, who I've loved. Nice. I, I don't know that I would be more upset to find out anyone was a dick than to find out Scott Bakula was a dick. <laughs> yeah. Like that. I, I, I like there are people I love, you know, like. Bill Murray's one of my favorite actors. I am unsurprised that he's an asshole. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it, it doesn't break my heart. But if I like I if I found out that Scott Bakula wasn't the best, oh, I, that would kill me. But I'd still find it funny somehow. It would know, be. Yeah, it would be. It's <laughs> so be shocking. That I laugh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> part of me is a little disappointed that he is, you know, a super nice guy. But like, it, you know, I'm, gl- I'm glad he is. <laughs> Oh, no, I, I would be if, if I found out Bacula, if he was actually a dick, I would be so heartbroken. Like, no, he's the next leap could be the leap home. Don't you get it? <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So anyways, I think we I mean, we definitely did it. We but definitely yeah, this, did it. Uh, this might have been the easiest episode we've ever done as far as finding silver linings, because this movie's great. Yeah, yeah, thanks for the softball for, for my guest appearance. <laughs> and well, a movie. We just, it was great having another big fan of the movie to talk about it. So that was that was delightful. Yes. Yeah. You by the way, we should mention because you have already watched this movie for a podcast once, which is your podcast, which if you want to tell people about that and how to find it. Sure. Uh, is it for real? Uh, we take a look at movies from our childhood, whether we, you know, that we stuck out in our brain because they scarred us or because we loved it so much. And then we sort of revisit it to see, you know, is it still for real or is it just should it be locked in a box forever? <laughs> Never revisited. Uh, you can find it wherever, you know, you find your podcast. And um, we are now part of the, the network with y'all as well. Um, so that's, that's a ton of fun. Uh, but yeah, I do it with, uh, Katie and Bridget and, uh, we have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. It's, it's really a great podcast. Uh, they're super fun and funny and, uh, there's some great recurring bits and gimmicks on the shows. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a good listen. And if you like, if you like this podcast, I think you'd for yeah. sure like, is it for real? <laughs> and we're coming up on our hundredth episode. Uh, I think we're two away. Yeah. Said, have, you, have you said what you're doing for your hundredth episode or is that secret? We haven't said the hundredth. We've, we've released what we'll be doing this week. Um, we'll see if it holds up a little movie called Jaws. Uh, I, I never heard know. of it. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's a it's a shark feature, you know. Oh, um, oh like USS Indianapolis. Yep, exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I know that one. Yeah, it no, Jaws is actually one of, one of my all time favorite movies yeah, and my all time top five favorite movies. I, yeah. I love that movie so much. That's the nice thing about your podcast is that you get to watch good movies. On this show, we've only done Jaws, Jaws four. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It, yeah. No, we. This episode included, I think we've watched four good movies. Yeah. That wow. tracks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're on the flip. There's only been like four or five that I wish I could have back. Um, but yeah, for the most part, even like the super weird bad ones are they're fun to watch. We watched Caddyshack too. Yeah, avoid Caddyshack uh, I've too. I've seen it, but now, yeah. yeah, we'll do. We'll <laughs> do. Yeah. That's the that's the floor. Uh, it has yet to be uh, conquered, but that mm-hmm. is the floor. Yeah. yeah, spoiler alert, it is not for real. <laughs> no so we saved you yeah you watching it and our Hard listeners pass. thank your you listeners, uh, listening to it thank it's you, not gentlemen. for real it is for fakesies but yeah thank you phil for doing the show it was great having you thanks for having me yeah it's been a blast 
Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. This is Philip. And Katie. And Bridget. And we're three friends who like movies. Especially movies of yore when we were small and everything seemed awesome. Now we're revisiting these bright shining beacons of our youth and figuring out if they are for real. So sit back and relax and revisit the best. The worst. And everything in between from the 80s and 90s. And find out. Is it for real? real?